is you view everything through your past, your education, your feelings. Somebody has interpreted what you see. And when you see something, you interpret it. And automatically, you follow what you have interpreted. So if you interpret that my life isn't worth anything, your actions will support your interpretation. So the reason there is a, such a fight for ed education, see, anything you want to change in a person, in a community, in a nation, you change the language first because actions follow the language. The language builds a path which you walk. So you are walking in what you have been speaking. So you don't change the path, you change the voice. You good? So in 2024, you're going to have to get another voice. You're going to have to learn how to dance. And you're going to have to learn how to sing. Now, let me just first, we're going to talk about dancing, okay? But I, I am, okay, I play a lot of sport. I, I play at, at school level, uh, volleyball, basketball, football, cricket, soccer, down ball, um, running from bad kids that wanted to beat me up. Um, everything. So my body is coordinated. Except dancing. Seriously. Sul and I, we were... Oh, oh sorry, Pastor Sul. Sul and I, we went to this 30th um, birthday party and they hired, um, you know, one of those dancing guys, you know when you line dancing guys? Yeah, whatever they're called. They're, 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 they're from another planet. Anyway, so you get there and they teach you how to dance. So they got there. So... We were in a line, and I was doing my best, and suddenly the guy said, stop the music, pointed to me, and said, would you mind sitting down? And I go, why? Because you're putting everybody off. I can't dance. I, I am a mosh dancer. That's why I believe in young people. Because you just go down the front and just... You can't do it wrong. See, I used to even have trouble clapping. I remember when church started going from 3-4 to 4-4. So I can't dance. But then I, I want you to realize something. The God, your father, dances and he sings. Let me give you a scripture. In um, Zephaniah 13.7, out of the Jerusalem Bible, says this. Yahweh, your God, in your midst is a victorious warrior. Let, let me just start my time. Uh, is, a God, is a victorious warrior. He will exalt with joy over you. He will renew you by his love. Listen to this. He will dance with shouts of joy over you. Your God dances. The question to you is, is how, how, how is your movement today? So the first thing we want to understand about dancing, there is uh, there's one type of dancing, it's called freelance. In other words, you need to do it by yourself with the lights out that no one can see it. Right? Because you'll make people laugh. So there is a dance that you just make up as you go. But when God dances, it's choreographed. That means every step has been pre-designed. So when God dances, it is the end of a production. Now, just if you're writing this down, in it, let me give you the scripture of this. It's not up there, but it's, it'll be doing good. In Isaiah 46, verse 9, it says this. Remember the miracles of long ago. Acknowledge that I am God and there is no other. I am God and there's none like me. Now look at verse 10. I declare from the beginning how it will end and I foretell from the start what has not yet happened. I decree that my purpose will stand and I will fully fulfill my plan. I want you to know something about God. You start when you're finished. We have a mindset that we walk into this earth and we have a clean slate of piece of paper. That means nothing yet has been written. 
partly true. So when God says this, I don't start until I have finished it, and when I have finished it, then the starting gun goes. So when you entered into this world, you were already finished. There are no such things as accidents. So when God made you, now just so we can clarify a lot of things. Jesus wasn't born before he decided to die. It was written that Jesus was going to die for your sins before Adam or the earth was created. Just, just think about that. Your God, your Father is not a reactionary God. What does react, reactionary mean? You say something, then depending on what you said is what I'm going to say. Come on, all of you guys that know how to argue, you know what I'm talking about. Why do arguments escalate? You start off, I didn't like what you made for dinner. Then it starts, well, then you cook yourself. Then you react to that, well, I can't cook. Well, that's your bad luck, isn't it? Why don't you go back to your mother? She doesn't want me either. Well, well neither do I. It escalates, right? To the point because why ain't you married? I don't know. You didn't tell me you couldn't cook before we were married. Oh. See, that's reactionary. But your God designed you, finished you, and then he started. The problem we have is that people come in and they mess up what was written about you. Parents are the worst. Seriously. I, I put my hand up. You, you, you get married. Wife becomes pregnant. You have a baby. You're in hospital. They give you the baby and you go, what in the world do I do now? See, I never had a plan for my kids. I just wanted to marry. I just want to get married. Don't look at me like that. See, <laughs> When you don't know what is written, you will say things that are not supposed to be said. So you say things like that, I wish I never had you. That, what, that is not what is written. Or, you know what, you were an accident. There are no such thing as an accident. I'm, I am so sorry to tell you, there is no such thing as the Big Bang Theory. The only Big Bang is, is when you fall down and you... Hit your head somewhere. <laughs> now watch this, watch this. So when, when God says, I dance, it's choreographed. That means that I designed the dance and I designed what I sing. So I'm not making it up as I go along. So what that does for you right now, now watch this, watch this. I, I, I'll, I'll just prove it to you because you're, you're so clever. This is a clever congregation. Have you ever, why do you feel you are attracted to certain things? It is a question. Why was I attracted to silver? What, was it an accident? Was she the only, only fish in the ocean? Because God pre-wrote that this guy is going to get married. See, some, see, watch this. That is why you are attracted to some houses. You drive behind the house and you go, I like that. Why? Because it's pre-written in your DNA. Why do some people become accountants and others become doctors or mechanics or plumbers? What, why do you think that is? See, what, why are we attracted to so many things? Because God has put something in your DNA and what's inside of you sees something and go, I don't understand, but there's an attraction. Let me show you how this. I was in school. I was doing applied science. And I, got, and I remember seeing a violin. And I go, I am attracted to a violin. Couldn't play it. If I played the violin, God would smack me. Right? And, and, and so I, I decided that's it. This is what I'm going to do. So I applied. There was no, uh, no one in Melbourne at this stage making um, handmade violins. But there was a guitar manufacturer by the name of Mate. They made classical guitars. They, they made their own blue. They made their own. Everything was handmade. I walked in there, didn't know a thing, and all of a sudden I said I could do it. I went in three months from being on the bottom to being the second top guitar maker in the factory. 
People go, well, what happened was there was something in my DNA that was pre-written and I stepped into it and when I stepped into it, that what was written came out. That is why there's some of you with your frustration is that frustration is, is you're living something that isn't written. You're believing something that isn't written. Now, I want you to watch this. You good with it? If you, if the better you are good at me, the better I preach. So if today is lousy, it's your fault. I will find you. Now watch this. Okay. First uh, Peter 1.3 says this. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness. Let me just, let me just stop right here. Do you realize what this, that just the first part means? That everything... So everyone say everything. Everything that is in your DNA so that it can be manifested has already been given to you. Now, let's keep reading. Everything you could ever need for life and godliness, everything we need to reflect God's true nature has already been deposited to us, has already been deposited in us by the divine power. For all of this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him and who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. Why would he have to say goodness? Because there's somebody writing stuff about God isn't good. Let me just stop here and elevate this a little bit. Satan's job, if you, his evil job description for your life is to rewrite what was written about you and also what was written about God. So when God says, I'm a good God, what he's doing, he's, re-correct, he's recorrecting what somebody else has written. Just to help you, the Bible is copyrighted. The Bible is copyrighted by God. God's word cannot change. God says, my word is copyrighted. You cannot change it. You cannot add to it. People go, well, what is that? What's that got to do with God? That means when God says, I love you, it cannot be recorrected. When God says, I and going to bless you. No one can come and go, I don't think so. God says, it is illegal to rewrite what I have written. So therefore, when God says, I love you, even though hell, whatever comes in, says this, no, no, no. God cannot change his mind. Okay. Now, I'm, this is good. Now, ever look at this. Ephesians 1.3 says this. Every spiritual blessing. Just stop right here. Every natural blessing corresponds to a spiritual blessing. So a lot of people go, the religious world has done this. Oh, yes, pastor. Yes, I am blessed. I am so blessed. I'm miserable in life, but I'm blessed. In heaven, when I get into the Holy Spirit, then I will be blessed. Uh, uh, I've got really good news for you. The blessing of God starts on earth. And he's finished in heaven. It's not the other way around. If this is heaven and earth, I don't want to go to heaven. Okay, okay. Here we are. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a gift from our wonderful heavenly Father. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All because he sees us wrapped wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. Let's celebrate God. He lavished every every blessing heaven has upon us. I want you to notice this. First thing, God sees you in Christ. Now, I want you to go, can God find fault with Jesus? It's not a trick question. You will not be excommunicated. Seriously, the ushers will not come. Usher Bob will not come and bob you outside. What does that mean? 
And God says, when you get born again, I put you in Christ. And say, therefore, I speak to you as I speak to Christ. I will treat you as I treat Christ. So God says this, is that when I see you, you are in Christ. You are covered by Christ. You are honored by Christ. So therefore then, watch this, is if we don't have a corresponding viewpoint, we see God through other things. So we've got to see God through Jesus. So God's, Jesus says, I am one with the Father. I see myself one with the Father. Jesus says, I'm blessed. See, it's got to have this corresponding. We are so good at quoting how some parts, but not the whole lot. Now, we, it's, this is going to get, everybody says it's getting better. We struggle, or there's been an injection of things that God never intended to be. So people say this, uh, uh, Pastor, I, I agree with you. That is so good. It's very, very, very good. But I'm a work in progress. I have a problem with that. When I look at my life, and you know, I, I'm glad I'm better now. When I look, people go, I've been in progress for years. Some people never. Some people go to, to Jesus and go, Hi, I'm here to be finished. Now. God starts with the finished product, takes you all the way back and says, now you can start. Let's, let's keep here. Look at 2 Peter 1.5. So devote yourself to a lavishly, super abundantly, meaning fully. So the word there, super, how do you kind of got to pronounce that? <laughs> Supplementing, that's it. I can't read my own writing here. So de devote yourself to super, <coughs> to lavishly, super, supplement. Why can't I get that word? <laughs> Jesus, this is speaking in Croatian. Supper. Now, the word there is also add. Means, so the word there, super supplementing, means to be fully support the chorus or completely choreograph. A lot of translation says add to your faith. Add to your faith goodness, and to the goodness add understanding. Now look how some of the translations have done this. And this has gone into our belief system. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge. So you should try harder, you should try very hard to add goodness to your faith. This has been looked at, to the point of God's giving you the faith, but you haven't got goodness. So there are seven elements that God has given them. And most people feel like that, that, okay, God's given me the faith, but I am not complete. So I've got to find out something that God hasn't given me and put it in. And then the problem is, then there's another kind of theology that says, when you've done goodness, then you, get, then you can go to holiness, then you can do this. So you've got this ladder that takes you up to perfection. And, and what has been taught, that you can't hit another level until you finish this level, correct? That's why we've got grade school. You start at grade one, you can't go to grade two until you qualify. Well, religion has taught us that you've started at the bottom... And now you need to work your way up. So the word there, add, is an incredible word. I was floored by it. I had to, I had, uh, when I first, when I'm going to share with you, when I first saw it, I, I had studied a clip, 10 theologians that I wanted to know if I, if I was in the, in the right name. Now the word there, add, let's go to the next um, slide for me, if you wouldn't mind. The word add, when the translators were trying to find the Greek equivalent of this word add, they used this word called epihoraho. So it is, it's, a, it's a Greek word, but this Greek word has changed the lives of so many people. So the word means to put upon and to supply. To furnish, to furnish besides or in addition to 
supply further and add more unto. It then also conveys the thought of generous and lavish provision to give lavishly and give generously. So we use this one word that means that it's a supply. It also has to do with generosity. It also has to do with addition, right? And it's also, so it also has its thing of dance. The root verb uh, of chiragio gives us the English word choreography, which is defined as a sequence of steps and movements in a dance. Arrangements of movements that the audience sees on stage. So when the Bible says, I add to you, do you realize, which is every step of your life, God has choreographed. He said, I have designed every step that you have. The word there is also the word for a patron. The one who designs a play or a musical, then he spends money to build the stage, and then he trains the singers, he trains the dancers, and he pays for the lot to put on a stage, a performance for the world. And it is also the, the, the root word for generosity. But this generosity that this word means, it's to oversupply. It's not just to meet a need. Um, religion has... Can we do... Are we going to... I have got plenty of time. Because it's not next year yet. <laughs> you know what? Most of... Religion has um, absolutely... If I could say the word dismembered the word need. People, people said this, watch this, watch this. People go, ah, oh, but Ted, uh, God supplies your needs, not your greeds. Doesn't that sound holy? It sounds holy, but it's totally wrong. What do you need to live? Oxygen? Water, food, shelter, nothing else. You don't need education. You don't need a house. You don't need Chinese buffets. Come on. What do you need to survive? I need water, I need food, I need shelter, and I can live. It's, it's my life support system. So when people say, what is that you need... They're going, well, well, you know, that, that, that's a greed. No, it's not a greed. Then watch this. If God has put something so big inside of you, and then somebody goes, man, you're after that, you're after that. Yeah, because what God's put inside of me is bigger than what you can see. And therefore, when I'm going after bigger things, you think I'm being greedy. Come on. That is why the Bible precisely tells us not to look at each other. Because what God's put inside of me might take more finance than what God's put inside of you. Right? If God's put inside of you, then you are going to have a mechanic business and it's going to be the best in the world. That means that God has to give me stuff that he hasn't given you so I can be the best in the world. See good? See, when you don't know what's inside, you don't know what the need is. I think, I think I'll do my Jesus dance. <laughs> so, you know, when, when you start to see this, it means also that every expense that is needed to fulfill the chorus, the patron will spend it on. It means this, that he takes you and he says, it's not going to cost you anything. I will pay for the cost. I will pay for the staging. I will even pay for the singing lessons. I will do it all. So what God's put inside of you, God says, I give the provision, what is needed to bring it out of you. So when God says, I add, he's going, I will pay for it. 
That is why we need to get rid of phrases like, pray the price. Well, okay, how many hours do you have to pray to get healing? 40? 50? 60? 70? 80? When did Jesus ask for a payment for the cross? Now watch this, I can prove this. Jesus said, if you look at the word carefully, the Bible says he is the lamb crucified before the foundation of the world. That means that God wrote in his book, I will die for the sins of all humanity without asking them, without asking payment. So God says, I'll pay the price for you. So what God does, now watch this very carefully, God plans you to have an awesome life we make mistakes and we go, now it's finished. It's never finished because the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ make up for all the silly mistakes we make. And I know in this room people have made silly mistakes. Oh, you're not going to agree with me, are you? But God says this. See, then somebody writes about your silly mistakes and says, you just blew it. You just lost your opportunity. Rewrite it. There are, the Bible says the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, the first thing he destroys is what's been written about you. Because if he can get you to stop focusing on what God has said about you, he can get you to focus on what he says about you. The moment, the Bible says, keep your eyes upon Jesus. The reason being is that, is that the moment you take your focus on what God has said, what God has done, He can take you and introduce an inferior gospel. Now watch this. You, you good with me? Now there are also, when you start to, let me show you this word, add. It has, it, it's mentioned over five times in scripture. Now I, I haven't got it on here, but you're going you're to listen to this on the podcast. Watch this. First, it's also used, 2 Corinthians 9.10 says this, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread to the eater for food will supply and multiply your seed for the sowing and the increase of the harvest of your righteousness. God says, I supply the seed, the seed that makes you prosperous. Get a load of that. God's not saying, dip into your bank account and give me a seed. God says, I'll tell you what it is. I want you to have this increase. I go, thank you, Jesus. But then he says this, I will give you a seed so that the increase that I have written into you comes to pass. But in the meantime, I'll give you bread. Because what happens is this. Most of the people, you think this is where religion is kicked in. I take out money. And I give into the offering. You think I've lost it. God says, now watch this. When you sow a seed, God makes sure that you have bread to eat. Don't ever confuse your seed with bread. Seed is what supplies the increase. God supplies the bread. If you don't understand that, you will always, like Pastor Silva said, you'll go, well, I'm not too sure to give. The reason we're scared of giving because we don't know the difference. So God says... I will supply what makes you great. And if you think you've lost it, I'll give you the bread that that seed would have bought. That's a pretty good one. Watch this. It gets even better. Galatians 3 verse 5 says this. So he, so then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, does it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The word there that he provides is the word add. So God says, I add you the spirit, when we talk about it a little bit later, and I also provide miracles upon you. Then Colossians 2, 9, 19 says this, not holding, fast, not, when you're not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body, being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, grow with growth which is from God. So God says this, everything that comes out of me, I am responsible to supply 
so that it ends up the end that I want. So if you're here right now and your future isn't bleak, I'm telling you you're reading the wrong book. You've got the wrong dance. You've got the... It gets better, trust me. So you, see, so you see, and then it also, it says in 2 Peter 1.5, it gives us, he supplies us moral excellence. 2 Peter 1.11, he says this, no, uh, for in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied. Do you realize that everything that God wants for you and go through you, he has supplied so God is not saying dig into your pockets, dig into your moral fiber, dig into your education. God says this, what the dream that you see inside of you, that is God given, the supply for that dream comes from God, not you. See, when you don't know who you are, why do you think that Jesus had to change Peter's name? He changed the meaning of his name. He said, Peter... When I wrote about you, I called you the rock. Somebody called you Peter the reed. And he goes, I've come to correct what was written about you because it's not the original writing about you. Judges chapter 6, Gideon. God comes to Gideon. He's hiding in a cellar. And God says, hey, Gideon, you mighty man of Ella. And he goes, who? Excuse me, why? You've got the hey, now, it's the person next door. See, that's when God calls you and you don't answer because you think he's talking to the wrong guy. God says, you're a mighty warrior. Next door. You know, you are abundantly blessed. Not me. See, when you don't know who you are, you, you don't answer the right question. So God says, you're clean. Oh, but have you just seen my behavior? Because, because you're choosing to live out of what God has written about you to what your flesh has written about you. That's why some of us, when we hear all these amazing promises, they go, that's too good to be true. The reason it's too good to be true is because of what you believe that somebody has said about you. Come on. When God puts something great inside of you, people don't notice it. Let me say this. A person that doesn't understand their identity will never be able to understand your identity. A person that doesn't understand fatherhood can, can supply food for the children, can supply shelter, but he can never be a father because he then doesn't understand it. See, we, we are being taught by people that are broken and that can only communicate brokenness. Brokenness sees brokenness. Light sees light. That is why God looks at you. He says, I'm not looking at brokenness. I'm looking at the child of God. People are looking at Peter. Oh, Peter, you know, he's got his foot in his mouth. He's got all of this. Everybody got him wrong. Except the one who wrote the original book of Peter. Isn't it interesting that God takes Peter to write this? So when we start to understand that everything comes from God, and God says this, the word there, add, is not saying you're incomplete. It's this. Now watch this. Is that God says, I've given everything, but you are the choir master. That means that I have supplied the stage. I've supplied the sound equipment. I've supplied the audience. I've supplied the musicians. But it takes one person to tell them to start. And that's you. What, what's, what's he saying to us? He goes, you're the choir master. I have given everything to you. You're the conductor. That's where we get the word conductor from. Isn't it interesting that the conductor 
sits there and he hasn't got an instrument? <laughs> Just think about it. He gets all the praise. Come on, quick. If you've ever been to a classical concert or a rock concert, right? But the one that, that is required, you've got a choir master there. Who takes the first bow? He does. Why? Because he directs what happens. He says, you start now. You start now. You, uh, no, no, no. You're playing the wrong, wrong note. Get, go. Hey, no, no, no. The chorus. You forgot the chorus. You're singing about Jesus, not about you. See, what happens is this. Is God says, I've given it to you. But you've got to activate it. That means that all of a sudden you look into your life and you go, let the, let the poor say average speak to the rich section of the, you know, of the symphony and go, I want you to play. If you're sick, there is a symphony of healing. You turn from, okay, I'm really blessed now. Wait, wait one moment. Hey, I want the symphony on healing. I want you to play. See, what we do, God has given us everything. He puts us on stage, gives us the stick, and, it, and we go, oh, what's the stick for? Oh, well, I haven't got an instrument. Oh, well, no one's really come to see me. They've all come to see the musicians. Oh, what am I doing anyway? And God says this, nothing happens until you speak. I speak to the things that God's given me. I speak to my life. I speak to my certain circumstances. I go, look, you see, what happens is this. There is the fight for your attention. There is a fight where Satan comes down. Read this, read this. But you know what, what's happened? Let me just show you something. We think that this is your life. And people say, oh, you get a fresh page. You can write whatever it is. I'm here to tell you that's absolutely wrong. I am not looking for the things I can write. I am looking for the things that he has written. That is why the word of God says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now watch this. One of the names of God, his name is El Shaddai. We used to, I used to sing and never knew what it was. I thought, it's, I'm trying to be Jewish. And, and, you know, but the word El Shaddai means this. The God that looked all the way up and he saw every need in my life. And then, he went, before I started, came to this junction and said, I've planted a seed for you here, Ted. It's there. I've planted this for you here. So wherever there is a need, it's an indication that God has already been there. Wow, so good. Watch this. I remember um, I was into hotting up cars. So I, I would take a, a normal car and I'd put race, racing specs on it. I had a car that I could break the legal speed limit in first gear. It was so loud, I had to switch it off before I got home because I would wake up the neighbours. I got that stolen. And the only thing I could afford was this Beetle. Volkswagen Beetle. I went from a car that was worth, this is back in the 80s, right? A car that was worth maybe four to $5,000 to a $150 car. It was a prayer car. You lay hands on it, dear Jesus, please make it go. And I remember going down the road and I finally got the car to 80 kilometers an hour. I was feeling so good. And this car pulled out and I T-boned it. And that's all I remember. I remember being put on the gravel and I couldn't feel a thing. I was on gravel and I couldn't feel a thing. The 20 minutes went by. In my mind, I'm going, legs move. My legs wouldn't move. I don't know if you've ever had the sensation where all of a sudden you're telling your body to do something and your body's not responding. <laughs> it was so funny. One of the guys that helped me, he goes, oh, man, he's a hippie, right? You, don't, you do know what a hippie is? 
Okay, back when I was there, you grew your hair, you didn't go to work, and you lived off your parents. Right? That's what a hippie was, right? And, it, it's, it, and all of a sudden, he goes, oh, man, man, I've just smoked my last joint. I wish I could give you something for the pain. I go, what? And, and I remember I, I wasn't close to God. I went to church. I knew how to do church stuff. It's really easy to be a churchy person. Just go here. Okay, what's that person doing? Right? I remember going, okay, God, I, I, I'm done. In my mind, I want you to, somebody came in, and, and I believe it was an evil spirit, got my book, opened it up, started to write, you're going to be a cripple, you'll not be able to walk, you, this is the last time you'll be able to drive a car, you'll never get married, Everybody's going to feel sorry for you. You're going to be a leech on society. Your life has ended. I can't feel anything. And I go, okay, God, I did something amazing. I just said, okay, God, I want you to take over. They came, finally, God healed me. The only thing I had was my ankle. They didn't know how to put the ankle together, so I had to go. They had to fly, what's his name, drive in a specialist. We got that done. But I remember, most of you wouldn't do that because you're really spiritual, but I wasn't. I was having a go at Jesus. Jesus. Dear Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. John over there. Everything works for him, but not me. Everybody gets blessed except. Bomb insurance means that whatever you're going to get for the car is going to be a bomb. Boof, it's gone. <laughs> and I'm having a wind of God. And then, as clear as I can believe, I, I know in my mind, God spoke to me. He says, Ted, if it wasn't what I had written, you would be dead. I was like a turtle. I pulled my head in. But then I realized that God looked. And he goes, it's 1978, and it's a clean morning. There's going to be a car accident. Satan is trying to mess up what I have written, and then you're going to be here. And then God said this, Ted, Satan wrote, your life is over, but I crossed it out with a red pen, and I wrote, I shall live and I shall not die, and my life will glorify God. So I'm here to tell you, for your new year, everything that God has put inside of you to do is still alive. It is what God has written. Unless God re rewrites it, it stays forever. These are the plans I have for you. I'd like the musicians to come up, and we're going to pray, because I've... I like preaching a long time. I like preaching in India. Because in India, if you preach under two hours, they, they, they will do things to you. <laughs> but what you need to know is, how's your dancing going? How's your dancing going? How's your singing going? Are you doing a free dance? Or are you doing choreographed dance? You know what that kind of dance is? I get up in the morning and the Bible, God says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. They're choreographed by the Lord. Okay, God, where am I supposed to walk? God, I, what am I supposed to dance? See, most of us dance how we feel. But you see, a professional dancer can feel terrible, but they'll still keep to the script. We as Christians can get so soft that we worship according to feeling and we dance according to feeling. You know, it's just like this. I'm going to dance before the Lord. And you know what? Some of us give ourselves permission. We're singing the wrong song. 
The Bible's, you, you responded. Oh, the Bible's a singing you song. He doesn't mean the song that you made up. He means sing new revelation. I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that protects you. That is why under COVID as a church, we dwelt on Psalm 91 for a whole year. Because what happens is this, is get back into step. 2024 means I will sing the song that he sings and I will dance the dance that he dances. I am now going to believe that every step of mine is not going to be an accident. That my life is going to be choreographed. God, what, how do you want me to do it? How do you want me to stand? What do you want me to say? Next time I meet a person, I go, God, what do you see in that person, not what they have done to me? Go to your workplace and bless your boss, not curse him. You good? 2024. I want to dance. I want to stop doing my freelance dance. I'm not going to just say the first thing that pops into my head. I'm going to live by God's word. Some of you, you need to get rid of your book. There are two books that we live by. The first book is called The Word of God. The second book is what we have done, what we've experienced, and what we think about each other. And God says this, I want you not to look at this book. Would you give me two minutes? There was an instance in the Bible. The Ark of the Covenant was a gold box. That's where the Ten Commandments were put. And so that it was put there, but then also that was put on top was Aaron's rod that budded. And so they opened the box, and it was the Ten Commandments and Aaron's rod. But then on, on top, you know what they did? They put this thing called the mercy seat. And then God spoke. He goes, under no circumstances do you remove the mercy seat why there was this priest that didn't read the script and one of them said hey 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 why don't we peek inside and have a look at the law that condemns have a look at the law that says thou shalt not thou shalt not so you know what happened came up and they moved the mercy seat and it's estimated some historians believe that 70,000 people died when the mercy seat was taken do you realize when you look at yourself and you remove mercy you're going to get it wrong But people say, but take a look at my behavior. Listen, your behavior will change when you see yourself like God sees you. When your flesh sees you like you think, it manifests. The manifestation is like you see yourself as negative, as bad. Guess what? It starts to come out. But when you see yourself, this is what God has written. He says I'm clean. He says I'm holy. He says I'm loved. He said my future is going to have a bright end. Everything inside of me goes, yay! What you do? Do this. Watch it. Close the book. And do what we normally do with things that we don't like losing. And then get yourself another book. In 2024. This is who I am. I declare 
from the beginning how it will end and foretell from the start what has not yet happened. I decree that all my purposes will stand and I will fulfill my every plan. Come on, why don't you stand with me? Father, we just come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, a lot of things have been said about us. Father, Father, wouldn't we tonight let go of some of the things that your parents have said about you. Forgive them and move on. Forgive your school teachers. Forgive your parents. Forgive your bosses. Forgive the government. Forgive the economy. And go, God, I'm going to stop living reactionary. But I want to live a totally planned life. Father, right now, you plan for... I want you to show God planned for you to be here so you can hear this message. I know that I know I'm in the will of God and you're here because God wanted And God wants to let you know that He loves you unconditionally. God wants to let you know that He has planned a bright future, not a depressed future. God wants to let you know that your future is going to be bright. I know that there's been struggles. I know that there have been disappointments. I know that there have been accidents. But every accident has a healing process. His name is Jesus. Whatever has happened, whatever has transpired, hasn't changed the end. So right now, in this holy moment, Father, we choose to close one book. Father, I close the book on what I believe about myself. I close the book on all my failures. I close the book on all the things that have hurt. And Father, right now, I declare I will be who you say I will be. I will accomplish what you say I will accomplish. Father, from this very moment on, my every step is choreographed by the Word of God. Father God, every word that I sing has been written by you. Father, right now, I am going to step on the world stage because you have written the music. You have provided the musicians. You have supplied everything that's needed for this symphony to be alive.